I want to tell you about a couple of the different things I've been doing lately. So, in July, I left my previous job. Left it for a couple of different reasons. I'm a very passionate person. I wanted to help people in different ways. So, I went on to look for work. And this isn't something I'm not able to do. I know what I'm doing. I've, <laughs> unfortunately, I've taken two classes. There's one in high school and one in college where they just talk about getting out there and going to an interview and what it's like. So you know what? I thought I'd pass that knowledge down to you guys. And hope you're listening. Maybe you find this helpful. Maybe you've got some tips for me because now I'm in the job search. But I thought I'd go through and give you a quick tutorial. I took two classes, remember. They lasted six months and on the other side, one year. So I've got a lot of knowledge to pass down to you. So, oh, this has helped me with careers and interviews and all kinds of stuff. So let me tell you first, get yourself three good out of this world references. I know it sucks. You can't use your mom. It sucks. You can't do, oh, your dad, but get yourself three good references. At first, they don't have to be work-related. It sucks. Fix in the beginning. And I want to encourage you to go out of your comfort zone. If I had been in high school, oh, and I had been pushed to get a career out of high school, I would have done so many things differently. So I want to tell you, get out of your comfort zone. Apply for something that's funky and weird. And just do it. And you'll love it. I'm going to tell you now, I was an auditor, night auditor for over a year. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And unfortunately, what made me leave was a combination of a couple different billion things. But the fact that you worked at night... You were about your own boss. You could do almost anything you wanted, except leave the hotel. You just manage the books every night, and you got paid for it. It was awesome, and I encourage more people, go out there and do that. It was a lot of fun. So, in the beginning of my work career, I was a camp counselor. And I'm sure many girls, girls and boys have the same thing where they're a camp counselor, camp counselor, camp counselor. And don't dock that experience. Don't dock that time that you spent with those kids. Because I'm going to tell you right now, that is customer service and management time to the highest degree. 
And people will go out of the box and say, no, 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 that's not customer service. Yes, it is. You are dealing with a different kind of customer, which there are millions of different kinds of customers out there. And it's all a teaching experience. It's all a time where you have to figure out, okay, this is customer service. How can I help this kid find their best way and to learn and to do more? And once they've done that more, to build upon it and to get that relationship with them. That's customer service. That's learning about your customer. That's helping your customer to the highest degree. Now, sometimes your kid gets mad and angry and slams the pieces down and breaks things. But how you help them back up is customer service. And yes, you train them and you're overseeing them. But that's management and customer service. As I said before, management. You're managing maybe 10 kids or more. You've got another co-counselor with you. You're helping the kids figure out what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, and how they work together. And sometimes you have to be HR too. If you go in and somebody says, well, Tina hit me. Okay, let's talk about this. Says, no, I want to hit Tina back. No, we've got to talk about it. <laughs> we can't just go out there and go hitting people. We've got to talk about it. And managing them and pointing them in the right direction is sometimes the hardest thing. Because you've got all these different pieces that work differently and they've all got to become members of a team and more and once you get them into the perfect group you can do almost anything and it's different kids every time and one week I know I had a group of great kids who wanted to do everything out there and they could not work together at all and ended up doing nothing together but then I had a group of girls who were hard to work with, but they did all kinds of stuff. And they became a really great group. And they stayed in touch, and now they're friends with each other. And sometimes they even reach out to me and say, Hey, I miss camp. I miss this. I miss that. And I'm like, that's great. That's wonderful. That's wonderful that you can look back on those memories, and you've got them for you. Um, It's team building and management to the highest degree. So don't ever dock that time that you've spent in summer camp land. I know it's hard to kind of say that you want to sell yourself and to show to a prospective employer. But if they don't see that, they're only hurting themselves. That you have management skills, that you have HR skills, that you have customer service skills to the highest degree because you were a camp counselor, you were a teacher, you helped kids. That's for more than one summer and you did a really great job. Pat yourself on the back for that one. Camp counseling is amazing. Because not only does it teach you, you know, management, HR, 
team building, all these little things in customer service, it helps you get outside of your comfort zone. And your comfort zone is teeny tiny at first. You might know what you're doing, but at the same time you don't. And then you've got people that are trying to help you. Young girls, almost from 6 to 14, trying to say, okay, let's build a fire. No, 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 baby steps, you collect wood. Okay, okay, now, now let's build a fire. Not quite yet. we got to discuss how to build a fire. So we could go into a teepee, a log cabin, or an A-frame. Um, okay, now let's build a fire. Okay, strike a match and let's go. Huh. Oh, we're at that point? Oh, good. And then you get into you know, that time where you can see them grow and thrive. If those girls are amazing and beautiful. And it's not just the girls sometimes. Maybe you're with a co-ed camp. And you get to see boys. Is learn and prosper. And do amazing things. Thanks. I loved my time as a summer camp teacher. I loved my time. And if people get on their high horse and say, Oh, well, you weren't a teacher. <laughs> just because I didn't go to teaching school for six years and do all that training does not mean I didn't do teaching at this camp. I did a lot of teaching. And the team teacher is so changing. And some teachers these days look back and they're like, I didn't have those qualifications. I didn't have that. Wow. They go through a lot to make you a teacher. The next thing you want to do in your achoir or your arrangement is to write out a series of questions. Now, once you've written out these questions, you can go to the top search sites and figure out your favorite ones. My new favorite one I have found is the, is there anything in my background that you find that would cause you to be concerned that I am not a fit for this position? And it's a great question. It causes them to look back at your resume and say, wait, what? Oh, okay. And so they go back through everything. And say, no, no, she's got a great background. She's got a great resume. And that really helps them to broaden these things. Things out and help them to figure out what to do next. Now, the second tip is don't lie. I know it's hard sometimes where you just come out and you end up going with it. Do not lie. Lying messes you up in the long run. What it does is then you're stuck with whatever line you've just told them. And you've got to keep this story going. So they might ask more questions and you're like, whoa, wait. It was just a simple lie. Can't I just get away with it? Nope. They want to know more information. And if you get hired for that position, you're like, what? I'm stuck with this lie hanging over my head. And even if it's not a good lie, 
if it's just kind of sticks there and you're like, okay, now the next topic, you're stuck with it still. So don't lie. And the third topic is to kind of have more than one question. So that question I first talked about, is there anything in my background that would cause you to be concerned that I'm not right fit for this position? That's my last question. It sometimes comes after, can I ask one last question? (laughs) But you want to have a good 15 questions. I have a notebook where I schedule out all of my questions. And sometimes I ask more than one into another one. And sometimes they answer more than one. But at the same time, they want to see that you've thought this through. So, and that there's more information to you. So, I bring this notebook with me everywhere. And it's not that I need it. It's just that I like to write things down. And to broaden all my opinions and thoughts. And to have them documented in this notebook. To show that, hey, I've got a lot of different questions out there. Now, you want to be aware if they're reading your questions with you. Because if, for instance, you spell something wrong, you don't want them to see that. If your handwriting's weird, you don't want them to see that either. So you got to be able to kind of just cover it up, look at the question, come back up for air and say, your question. And what makes your company a, a great place to work at? What cultural developments are you working on? What community awareness projects you have out there and what makes you want to come to work each day getting to know them an in-person interview is kind of a two-way street one of my teachers used to call it a first date it's that five minutes of dating where they beep the buzzer and they say oh hey she's good nope Next one. Nope. This one. Nope. That one. And they go through about 50 different candidates. You've got to do something that sticks out, but at the same time, be reserved. And show that it's not everything. And crazy. And more. So, you've got to show culture and that there is more to you. And once you've done that, you reel them in slowly. And you do, you'll do a wonderful job. I know it. I'm going to include one more final snip. It's a little bit about clothing. I don't think you need to go out of your way to look crazy. But you can wear a little bit of makeup You want to look kind of reserved. To girls showing cleavage to other girls, sometimes that's looking, that looks trashy to us. It kind of shows us that you think that there might have been a guy. And we don't want to see that. We want to see cool and confident and reserved at the same time. We want to see that you took time, attention to detail, and more. So, 
when you go out there, you're going to have a whole bunch of different things. I'll tell you, today I had an interview from hell. (laughs) This morning I quit my job. And I was scrolling through my phone, applying to as many jobs as I could, and all of a sudden the phone rang. And it's this interview I just applied for five seconds ago. And the guy's like asking me all these questions. And my two nephews are jumping on the couch. So I go in the other room to talk to this guy as much as I can. And they bring me a frog from outside. And so I'm like, oh God, I've got to put him on hold for a minute. So I mute him and I I tell them, I go, leave me alone (laughs) for just a few minutes. And so I remember that after talking to him for about six minutes that I have eggs on the stove. And one of my nephews is out there looking and trying to figure out what's going on with him. And I had told him to set a timer and to do this. And at the same time, I'm trying to answer these questions from this guy that had called me five seconds ago and I hadn't had time to actually go through and to prepare anything. So I grabbed my notebook where I've got some questions written down and, and start asking him those. And then the timer goes off and my nephew comes in and he's like, what do I do? And so I'm pointing to turn it off and to do this and to that. And so finally I get to the point of where I can finish up with him. And I go, I'm going to beat you. It's just a saying I say. means I'm a little mad. (laughs) And so I didn't beat him. I just was like, seriously? Oh my goodness, you guys brought me a frog and more. And so I'm sitting in the bedroom later on after they've left. And going back through my interview questions. And what does the cat do? The cat brings me a dead bird. A dead bird. When I first left my job, she brought me a bird and said, Hello, here's my bird. And she brought it all the way into bed. And this time she brought it all the way into the living room. And I was like, No! No more dead birds. So you'll have those interviews where you have those problems. Where you end up getting stuck with terrible questions or the guy who's not really responsive or any number of things. But the important thing is to keep going and don't let those affect you. Let them be the funny stories. Let them see that you're not affected by the fact that they think you don't have experience because you do. You have tons of experience. And you need to show them that. So, come out of the woodwork and show them all of the different things you have. Don't be afraid to list all kinds of different skills on your resume. And keep going. Keep driving yourself. Don't let that interview scare you. Talk it out. Be there. And for some of you with anxiety like me, just talking it out, taking a deep breath, and more.
will really help you to get that a job. Part of being a good manager is being a wonderful teacher. So don't, if you're a prospective employer and you're not looking at these skills for a candidate, you're hurting yourself. I need you to stop whatever you're doing and go back to that resume and say, hey, I need to take a second look. And once I've taken a second look, I'm going to evaluate more of the skills they could have learned during this time. Because I'm sure whatever they've listed is a fraction of that. So after you've listed your three good references, go back and look at all of your job history. Now, for me, it was camp counselor for good five years. And then after camp counselor, it was is I did a brief stint as a waitress. And I was a waitress even before that. And then I did a housekeeping stint. And then I did a night auditing stint where I did that for quite some time. And then I was a teller at a local bank. And then just recently, I was a financial services representative at another local bank. And I left that position. I left that position because I'm a passionate person. And it hurt me to see members, friends, people like that getting hurt by the fact that they couldn't get a loan and stuff like that. And I went above and beyond for my customers. And that hurt me, unfortunately. Now to a prospective employer, you may want to share some of those horror stories of why you left previous occupations. Now, you've got to be careful with it. They don't want to know the nitty gritty all the time. Sometimes they're passionate like you and they'll agree with you. But other times they won't see those things. They might see the gritty details. Like, oh, she went above and beyond. That could mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. Or that she didn't agree with something. Okay, I didn't agree with it. And those nitty details can end up harming you. So one important thing is you've got to write out or think out your responses to why you left each occupation. So, for me, I share this story once in a while with prospective employers. I was a night daughter for many years, and my mom got into a car accident. And she was in a rough time, and no one was available to take care of her. And so I took off more than a week for work. And pushed to help my mom. My mom was blind for three days. Because of the swelling to her head. That closed her eyes. And more. And after I got my mom back under control. And able to do stuff. It wasn't that I lost my job. It was that 
I had to take that week off. And I remember when I told my boss that I was going to be at least a week or more to try and rehabilitate my mom. She kind of didn't care. She's like, oh, well, you can sleep during the day if somebody's there to take care of your mom. Nobody was available to take care of my mom. Oh, well, then you've got to do other stuff. We need this position to work. Yeah, I need this position to work too. And I've got to go home and take care of my mom. So you guys are going to have to deal, unfortunately. And the way they acted... When I said that, I didn't appreciate it. So I decided after that week, I would work out my notice, get a new job, and leave them. Because they weren't willing to coordinate and work with me on trying to get my mom um, healthy and happy for the rest of her time.